What up? It's Dave Stovall, and you're listening to the Disciple Makers Podcast by Discipleship.org. There's a huge difference between a church with discipleship and a disciple-making church. A church with discipleship usually sees discipleship as another program that they add on to everything else they're doing. But a disciple-making church, disciple-making is all that they do, not just one thing they do. It's all they do. In this episode, we've got Ken Adams of Crossroads Church and Impact Ministries talking about the implementation of discipleship in local churches that can lead to an impactful and transformative journey just as Jesus designed 2,000 years ago. Let's listen in as Matt Dabbs interviews Ken Adams. Here we go. Well, hey, everybody. This is Matt Dabbs at discipleship.org. I'm here with Ken Adams of uh, the Crossroads Church and Impact Ministries in Newton, Georgia. We're actually like, we'd be like, what, an hour apart here? I'm down in Auburn, right down I-85. So maybe we could have met up and done this in person. Didn't really think about that, but uh, we're here and we were just catching up a little bit beforehand talking about all the fruit that's come from uh, the years in ministry there in Noonan that, that Ken has done in the Impact Ministries with discipleship. And we're going to be talking about uh, discipleship in the local church. And uh, I was just super encouraged by what you were sharing with what's happened there in Noonan. So can you fill them in a little bit on what you were telling me? Uh, yeah, Matt, it's good to, uh, to be, to be with you, man, and to be on the podcast. And so, uh, a little bit of our journey is that, uh, we've been, uh, I've had the opportunity to pastor Crawford's church now for, uh, right at 35 years. And, uh, so I came out of seminary, uh, back in uh, 1989 with the Southwestern seminary of Fort Worth, Texas. And then, uh, God brought me back to the South, wasn't planning on being here, but, uh, I'm glad that I ended up here. And so I came back to uh, really kind of my home state, real close to my hometown. And uh, we just uh, uh, had the privilege, the opportunity to get to plant a brand new church. And, you know, we, we went through all that, that same journey that every church planner's ever been through, you know, trying to get a group started, trying to, you know, get facilities and, and get resources to make it work and all that. And uh, so, you know, we just uh, had a great, uh, great opportunity in front of us. But when we started, there was a couple of things we really wanted to do. One is that we really wanted to be a, a church that was a, a disciple-making church. And so uh, we didn't even really, to be honest, we didn't really even know exactly what that looked like when we started. But uh, I had had some experiences uh, discipling some people, uh, some young men before that, and some churches that I've been in, some student ministry things. And so uh, I, I just knew that's what we needed to do as a church. And so uh, we set out to do that. And then we also set out uh, just to be a church planning church. And so we we felt like that if God had given us birth, the right yeah. thing to do would be to turn around and help give birth to other churches, right? So that's a no-brainer. But, uh, but anyway, that's what we did. And uh, man, God has given us some, uh, just some, uh, some favor and some blessing. And if we've been able to plant uh, literally uh, dozens of churches around uh, the state of Georgia, as well as some other areas in the U.S. And then internationally, he's even given us an opportunity to uh, to plant just a number of churches there. We've helped him plant churches in Brazil and in Serbia and in uh, uh, Montenegro and in uh, uh, India and then also in uh, most recently in uh, uh, in Cambodia. And so. Uh, so it, it's just been a huge blessing to be able to go out and help help get other churches planted. But what's cool, Matt, is that we're, 
we're trying not just to start churches. We're trying to start disciple-making churches so that they continue to multiply and they literally outlive us and continue to influence people for Christ until he returns. So, uh, so yeah, man, we, we are very committed to that and, uh, and just have been swinging at it. We, we wouldn't dare say that we have figured anything out or have any secret sauce or anything like that. We are, uh, we, we're swinging at it about as hard as anybody I think I know. So, uh, so we, we, we'll take credit for that at least. That's awesome. And there was one thing you said that I don't know how, how frequent this happens, but talk about like grandkid churches. Oh yeah. 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 So, uh, so we've actually had an opportunity to, uh, uh, to not only start churches, but we've had churches that we've started, uh, that have started other churches. And so, uh, just this past, uh, last in the last two weeks, I've had a chance to, uh, preach at one of our daughter churches. Uh, actually do some training in, in another daughter church and then uh, get to preach this past weekend at uh, one of our granddaughter churches. So, uh, uh, so, you know, that's that, that I don't think, Matt, I don't think that happens unless you plant yourself for a few years somewhere, you know? And so, uh, so we, we, uh, we're beginning to experience some of the, I guess, benefits of longevity, if you will, you know, it's just, uh, uh, Stay and trying to stay obedient in the same direction for a long period of time, right? Yeah, that's that's, uh, little Eugene Peterson. There was a long obedience direction or something like that. Yeah, yeah, so good. You're living it. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you knew who 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 it came from. That's good. That uh, I just ran across a word yesterday. Uh, The word was cryptonesia, and it was a word that means you heard it somewhere forgot it and thought it was your original idea. Um, that's, I didn't that, know the word for that. And that happens to me more than you know. That's incredible. I think it's, I think it's a daily happening for us humans, really. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. but, but it's a beautiful thing. And I, I love that you're living that. So it, it sounds to me like if you get serious about making disciples, then like churches start happening. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's part of the, Part of the the byproduct of making disciples, I, you know, I do think you have to be intentional about that. But I do think that's uh, uh, that that if you if you're committed to a lifestyle of reproduction and a multiplication, I think that would be uh, the natural uh, outflow of that. Yeah. How did that get put on your radar back in '89? Yeah. So uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I uh, I guess I first got my uh, first real. Uh, I guess introduction or involvement in disciple making actually came as a result of a uh, uh, my my wife. Uh, she was actually a part time uh, student director in a church not far from where we live, and uh, she asked me if I'd go lead this retreat, speak at this retreat. I wasn't planning to be a pastor, really wasn't going into ministry or anything like that. But I said, you know, I, I think I'd be cool. I'd like to do that. And uh, I was more interested in spending a week with her at the beach than I was uh, really speaking opportunity. But uh, God had another thing in store, and we actually had a revival, man. It was so cool, Matt. And uh, as a result of that, there was about five or six guys in that group that I I just knew that uh, they needed to have some follow-up, and they needed to to have somebody pouring into their lives and invest in them. If they didn't, I knew that they were going to end up pretty much going back to where they had been before the retreat. And so I didn't want to see that happen. And uh, honestly, nobody had ever discipled me 
So I didn't know much about discipleship, but I did know that Jesus did it. And so uh, I was actually living at my parents' house at the time. And so these guys would come over once a week. We would meet in the basement of their house and uh, where we lived. And, and, and every week we would just open God's word, uh, share life together, hold each other accountable, pray for each other, uh, memorize scripture together. I mean, all those things that you know are part of just trying to really uh, be iron against iron, helping each other grow. And so, so out of that group, I've literally watched those men's lives change. They were just teenagers, teenagers at the time. But over the years, uh, two of them ended up in full-time ministry. Another one served for a while as an administrator in a church. One of them became an elder in a church that we later planted. And uh, I just saw fruit like I'd never seen it before. Obviously, some of that down the road, but I was seeing it in the beginning stages of their life. So I ended up taking a couple of other uh, ministry roles after that. And I just knew that if I was going to do the same thing for the rest of my life. And so I did it in a couple of other churches. And then when I had the opportunity to come and actually pastor a church plant, uh, it was a no brainer for me. I just knew that we were going to be a church that was committed to, uh, to making disciples. And, uh, and then honestly, the church planning piece really was just kind of a, uh, about 10 years down the road, I realized that, uh, uh, that we needed to begin to, uh, to multiply, not just disciples, but we needed to multiply disciple making churches. And of course, there's a, a little bit of a, uh, of a story behind that too, but, uh, uh, but maybe for another time we can talk mm-hmm. about that. So all of this just kind of has come out of our journey really. And, uh, just, uh, 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 sort of, you know, being focused on, uh, trying to, uh, uh, really to just complete the work that God's given us to do, right? And that really comes out of John 17, 4. That was Jesus's, one of his final prayers, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So that, I, I guess that's the best way to describe it. Oh, thank you for that. So uh, I think it's in Todd Wilson's book, Multipliers. He gives the statistic that says 99% of churches don't make it to 100 years old. Well, And then you think, okay, well, when were most of our churches planted? If they were planted in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, that post-World War II boom, 40s, 50s, 60s makes them 60, 70, and 80-ish years old for the most part. So that means if you're not birthing new churches, you know, like there's not going to be churches, you know, so, you know, and, and there will be always on some level, but you understand, I mean, just systematically, when you look at that, you're saying, man, you're doing, you're doing such a good work yeah. with that. Um, well, so, you know, man, I think you could. I think you could draw a parallel there to uh, to a biological age, right? And so, uh, if if as as humans we're not reproducing sooner or later, we die out, right? So, uh, yeah, I think yeah, uh, I think exactly. it's a parallel there. Exactly. You know, and I I, I like Robert Dale's work. It's kind of dated now, but he kind of gives the bell curve of a of yeah. a the church life and to dream again. You know, and yeah. To, if you start questioning and enter into nostalgia, if it don't re-envision or dream or birth or something to inflect back up again and, and start the curve over again, you know, and a lot of churches kind of hit that peak and decline and they don't know, they don't know how to turn that back up again into right. new vision or new birth, you know, and y'all have, does that, does that reinvigorate the church? What happens when you birth a church or big announcement on Sunday, grandbaby has arrived, you know, uh, how to. How does, what is that like in mother, I hate to say mothership church, but like original, 
a really good surge. That's that's the phrase we hear a lot, you know. So I, so I understand that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's exciting for the folks in our church to know that we're getting to uh, uh, to help, you know, plan a new work of God and help start something new. And you know, obviously, uh, you know, they they love to hear the stories that go with that. And so it, it's funny that you say that because. Uh, I'll be back at Crossroads Noonan this weekend, and uh, you know I will, I, you know, I, I will start my message by telling people where I've been for the last couple of weeks. And so, uh, just the fact that I share that, uh, I think everybody's going to feel like that's what we want to be a part of. That's that's why we're doing what we're doing. And so, you know, I I I, I could just not say anything about that, and they would you know wonder what in the world you've been doing, but. Uh, uh, but but I'll, I'll see that as an opportunity to cast a little vision, and I'll tell a little bit about what we've done, and you know why we've been why I've been gone for the last couple of weeks, and uh, uh, and and I think in a, in a I, I'm sure that people will really resonate with that, and they'll uh, they'll be excited about that. So it it does create some uh, a little bit of excitement among our people. So it makes me think a little bit about Jesus' parables, and maybe it's Matthew 13. He gets into the different seed parables, and and um, you know, how, uh, the mustard seed just invades everything. It just gets into everything. The kingdom gets into everything. And then like the way we structure churches often feels like we're trying to contain it. We're trying to kind of wall it in. So like, if we celebrate something, it's like, look at our children's ministry, look at our youth ministry. And those are wonderful. Like they're, yeah. Celebrate them. Like when they grow celebrated, celebrate all the wins, how cool it is also to be able to go like, look, the kingdom is invading over here in this new area. And like, God put that on our hearts and we're seeing the fruit. Like, that's just so cool. I love that. Yeah. 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 That that is good. That's a great, great connection there. I like that. Well, tell us a little bit about Impact Discipleship Ministries and um, how you all help people and churches and just share a little bit uh, of, of your heart on that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, actually Impact is, uh, is a ministry that has more or less, it's just it's just been the uh, the byproduct of what we're doing at Crossroads Church, and so uh, every single thing that we do through Impact has originally been sort of tested and tried in Crossroads in a local church, and so um, so you know I tell people uh, a lot of times that what Crossroads has given us the opportunity to do over thirty five years is that we've just been a laboratory. I mean, it really, Matt, we have just. We just tried, we, we, I can tell you more things not to do than I can tell you to do, you know, and so I don't, I've kind of become the master of, of how not to make it work, you know, but, uh, uh, but honestly, uh, you know, when you have a, uh, an environment with leaders that give you the freedom to try different things, to try to s- figure out what does it mean, uh, to be a disciple making church, then, uh, then that, that is an opportunity that you just don't get very often. And so as a result of that, uh, we got to a point where we said, you know what, uh, because, uh, because we, we knew how important it was for us to have this, we need to share this with other people. We need to let other churches, uh, figure this out. And honestly, and you know, this to be true, the more, the more churches, you know, the more pastors you talk to, uh, the more you realize there is not enough disciple they can go on. In fact, I will tell you that I had a guy tell me this, a good friend of mine who uh, you would know his name if I told you, but he's the leader of a global network of disciple making. And he made the statement to me years ago. He said, I don't know one church 
And, and I think he has the credibility to say this. He said, I don't know of one church in all of North America that is a truly a movement of multiplying disciples. And this was about, about 33 years ago. And so when he said that, my first thought was, what a sad commentary on the church of Jesus Christ. If, he, if a guy in his position can't think of one church in all of North America with all the resources that we have, and uh, if he can say that, then uh, that's a sad commentary. But then the second thing I thought was, well, if there's not one, then we take that personally. We're going we're to try to be one. Then we're going to try to see that happen. And so, uh, again, uh, you know, I had never been discipled and um, didn't really, honestly, as you know, uh, a lot of our seminaries, although I think I had a great seminary, it did not prepare me for uh, how to lead the church to be a disciple-making movement. In fact, I didn't even hear about that in seminary. Nobody ever said a word about it. Uh, I had never been under any uh, pastoral examples or models of a disciple-making leader. And so, uh, so I, did, I certainly didn't get to have or glean that. But, uh, but I, took that, I took that statement uh, very personal and said, you know, we're going to do what we can to figure that out of how to become a disciple-making movement. And then again, uh, as we have, as we have learned that and we have grown, uh, through that journey, through that process, we've just felt like it's our responsibility to uh, pay it forward. Right. And steward that help other churches and, and, and other pastors figure that out. I, I'll never forget one time I was in a pastor's round table. It was a luncheon and uh, put on by our denomination. And, uh, I was uh, facilitating this roundtable, and one of the guys on the panel said, "Ask if he could ask a question." And I said, "Sure, absolutely." And so, in a room of about seventy or eighty pastors and staff members, he asked this question. He said, "How many of you have ever been personally discipled?" And less than a third of the hands in the room went up. And I, I, I just immediately said, "Man, we can do better than that. This is this is like." This is the, in my mind, this is the equivalent of saying a third of our military know how to shoot a gun. And, uh, and so I just felt like, man, we've got to do something about that. And so, uh, so, uh, so impact is really committed to coming alongside churches, uh, helping them figure out sort of ministry action plan for how to become disciple making churches. We try to come along pastors because you, you know, this. That as the pastor goes, the church goes. And so uh, we want to try to help pastors become disciple-making pastors. We want to help churches become disciple-making churches. And so the way we do that is that we have, uh, uh, we've created resources and tools. That's all they are. It's just tools to do that. We've also tried to create some training uh, opportunities for churches and pastors. And so uh, uh, we do a number of different things, uh, you know, it, opportunities that God gives us to come alongside churches and to help them uh, figure this thing out. And uh, and hopefully that's going to grow the kingdom, right? And hopefully that's going to make a difference. Uh, you know, we, we've got, we got plenty to do at Crossroads, but uh, we, we really, we don't really necessarily need more to do, but, uh, uh, but man, you know, if we can help the kingdom grow, uh, why, why wouldn't we want to be about that? Right. So, man. You said at first you were talking about how um, you, you feel like you've made more mistakes than you've made uh, successes or however it was that you said that. It, it got me thinking a little bit about how um, kind of our, our 
American values. You know, we, we want to be the winner. We want to succeed. We don't like seeing failure. You know, it's like, I sometimes wonder if we expect more of our pastors than Jesus, you know, like Jesus lost one and then the other 11 all ran away. And then one of them, you know, denied him through, I mean, the whole thing, it was like, we're not going to do better than Jesus. And they all, they all mess up. So like this whole, this whole aversion to failure, like is just a death nail in the coffin. It's like, you got to embrace failure if you're going to succeed, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So So we learn. Yes. Is is there a lesson that y'all learned from something that didn't go well or two? Well, I, I mean, is there a lesson? <laughs> Which one do you want? You know, but I, I think one of the things that I, I, I think one of the, a couple of things that come to mind, but one of the things is, uh, I think we tried changing too many things uh, too often, you know, change structures, change systems, change, um, you know, uh, curriculum, things like we, we just, for a while there, we were just changing so much so fast. And, and it wasn't, it was because we, we just kept trying to figure out how to do it better. And, uh, and I, I would say that today, 35 years into it, um, we, we're, we probably have more clarity and we are probably uh, more locked in on what we're doing and how we're doing it than we ever have been. So, uh, so today change is slow. We, we're not changing a whole lot. Um, but again, that's probably because we've, we've begun to see it work. And just to be honest with you, the reason that it's working is because I think we're doing it the way Jesus designed it to be, um, you know, 2000 years ago. And so, you know, Matt, we, we, we know that, it, you know, it's not about the latest and greatest. It's not about what's new and improved. It's about what's tested and tried and, and what's proven. And if you just do it the way Jesus did, I mean, honestly, the the principles of disciple making that Jesus used two thousand years ago, they are just as as uh, timeless today as they were back then. I mean, you know, and in fact, we have so much more. I mean, here you and I are doing this uh, call over uh, a computer that you know that didn't they didn't even didn't even exist obviously back then, and in technology and and facilities and all the things that we have. Imagine how much more we ought to be doing it disciple making disciples of all nations today now because of what we have than they did 2000 years ago. So yeah. what are some, that's another, yeah, go ahead. That's, that's another podcast. Yeah, there we go. Get some spinoffs here. So what are, um, so how do you come alongside a church? What are some of the things that you offer resource wise in person? Is it all online? Can you kind of explain how you operate? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we do a couple of things. One is we're trying to, uh, uh, we try to uh, come alongside churches and we can, uh, we can come in and we can do a consultant, uh, uh, approach and we can come in and say, uh, let's take a look at where you are. Let's talk about where you want to be. Uh, we provide a, a training, uh, resource called the disciple making church. Where we come in and talk about the components that Jesus used to start a movement of multiplying disciples. But then we try to take those components and figure out how does that fit into their existing format, right? So uh, you don't have to always blow everything up to become a disciple-making church. Uh, sometimes it's more about tweaking what you already have and maybe adding a few things that you're not doing. And uh, so uh, we, we come alongside churches somewhat in a consulting uh, role. 
uh, obviously we do training that, uh, uh, that people can just take part in. Uh, we do these disciple making church conferences, uh, whenever somebody asks us to come, but we invite other churches to come alongside and be a part of that. And, uh, we do have an online version of it as well. You go to our website, which is impactdisciples.com. You can, you can get access to all this, find out more about this. And so we do the seminars we do. Uh, we do training events. We also have an online equipping process that we call the making of a disciple-making pastor. And so it's about a seven-week process where we just talk about uh, what we believe, based on the life of Jesus, what we believe are the six priorities of a disciple-making pastor. And so uh, so those are the things that we do to really kind of come alongside of churches and pastors. But we also have you know, uh, a, a monthly podcast that we do that, uh, uh, you can see it on Facebook. You can see it on our podcast. You can see it on YouTube, you know, all those platforms, uh, you know, iTunes. And then also, uh, we have a, a, a blog that we do through impact disciples dot, uh, dot com. And so, you know, a lot of the things that uh, other organizations do, we, we do as well. And we think that, uh, you know, if, if if we can uh, help a church to just again figure out you know from where they are to where they want to be, and we can you know come alongside them, uh, we love doing that. I I will say this because I, I I just had an opportunity to do this this weekend. That that uh, one of the things that I, I, I like people to know is that if if we come into a church and we do uh, our seminar or consulting or training. Uh, what you're gonna what you're gonna learn is you're just gonna learn uh, what Jesus did two thousand years ago, and if if our resources or our tools can help you, then that's great. But you can do it without our tools and our resources. And so, you know, it, you you really and truly, I, I just had this conversation with the pastor this weekend. Uh, is that if you bring us in, you you really and we we're able to help you. You lose nothing. In fact. What you do is you just get an, you get an, another insight into what did Jesus do, you know? And so, mm-hmm. uh, you've probably heard this before, but you know, someone said, if you, if you, uh, if you try to make disciples, it may or may not lead you to Jesus, but if you look at Jesus, it will lead you to making disciples. And so, uh, that's what we do. We just point people to Jesus and we literally just show you how we see it in the life of Christ and how he did it. And then as a result of that, you just glean those principles that are applicable in, in the way we do it today and in local churches. And then again, just make the adjustments to figure out how does this fit within your, your structure? Because everybody's got a little bit of a different structure to work through. That's so good. Um, so what would a typical, like if you think of a typical church that has reached out, um, kind of like what position do you typically find them in? And then like, what does that look like as you kind of come alongside or kind of the, the timeline of that and what are they looking for? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question because I, I have to say that a lot of times churches that we connect with, um, as you would imagine, sometimes they're kind of struggling, right? They're struggling. Uh, they're struggling to grow. Some of them are in decline. Some of them are are, are just, you know, kind of kind of at the end of their rope. Going, what do we do? You know. And so, 
they hear about what we do. They're interested in what we do. And so uh, we try to come in, really, we try to take the approach of revitalizing their their church. And sometimes that means uh, helping them find a pastor. Sometimes it means just helping the pastor that they have get a vision, or not a vision, but getting a, an understanding of disciple making. So, uh, so sometimes that's the case, but not always. We have uh, a handful of churches that we're working with that are actually, you know, very dynamic, growing, healthy churches that just have um, have been exposed to uh, disciple making and and really and truly because they they don't usually get it in seminary and they don't have a lot of models to look up to. They have sought us out. We've been able to say, hey, uh, we can help you with what we've learned. And we can obviously point you to the one that uh, we all need to learn from. And so, um, so yeah, we, we do have a variety of churches coming to us from different, uh, different stages and phases of church life. And so um, it, it, it seems like a lot of times it's churches that are struggling, but, but it's not always the case. The pastor that I had a chance to speak with this weekend, his church is um, fairly uh, young and it's healthy and it's growing. And um, they just, they know that there's a piece missing, and that is that that uh, developing disciple piece. That's that's missing. Mm, gotcha. Well, sometimes the churches who are um, this is a sometimes statement, not a general, you know, universal sure. statement. You know, if churches struggling and kind of going, you know, downhill, it's hard sometimes to have the vision to reach out, and that sometimes that's why they're having such a hard time. You know, if you're, if you're open and willing to receive help, that's probably a really healthy sign. You know, if, if you're unwilling to listen to outside input, which happens sometimes in churches, you know, you're probably not on a, on a good path. So I would imagine you're probably at least getting churches that are healthy enough to say, we recognize that, you know, we need help and we don't quite know what we're, what we're doing here. Yeah. 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 I think that, I think that's true. I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's really great that there are churches that have that laid upon their hearts, because as we know, like been mentioned a lot of discipleship.org, the national study that was done in 2019, you know, that found that less than 4% were, you know, like really serious about churches, less than 4% of churches were really serious about making disciples. So as you said earlier, there's a, just a tremendous need for this. But like you also said on the individual level, people were like, I was never discipled. I don't know how to disciple. Like, where do I start? And now you've got the corporate level. Where the church is like, we've never seen this done on, on the church level, you know, so how, how do we get started? And so it's really great that y'all are able to, to plug right in there. And it sounds like you're able to contextualize your approach to like their situation and, and find a fit that works for where they're at. Am I hearing that right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, it, 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 in, in terms of, you know, your, your question there, you know, I believe that disciple making uh, can happen in a church that's very traditional and that's got Sunday school and uh, maybe that has traditionally been a program-driven church. Uh, but I also know that we can come alongside churches that maybe are, are are a little bit more contemporary and maybe they have more small group type ministry because, and, and I think you, you probably know this to be true, Matt, that just because a church has uh, a small group ministry does not mean that they're a disciple-making church or that they have disciple making small groups. And so those are two very different things. We even at our church, we have um, we have two different, really three or four different types of small groups, but we have um, certain groups that are specifically what we call impact groups, you know, with and and those groups are uh really where uh, we do we do 
ministry training, and that's really where the DNA of our church and the life of Christ is really uh, where people are trained and equipped in that. So, uh, so there are, uh, yeah, there are different, uh, different, you know, styles of churches and different ways churches are structured and organized. But, uh, but the component of making disciples, uh, man, it, it just it weaves through every single every single type of church. It's just it's transcendent, right? It just crosses. All all barriers, man. So uh, uh, again, we you know one one thing just came to my mind as you were talking. Uh, I, I guess I'll just add this: is that you know one of the big things we've learned early on is that there is a there is a huge difference between a church with discipleship and a disciple making church. A disciple making church or, or a church with discipleship usually sees discipleship as another program that they add on to everything else they're doing. And in disciple-making church, discipleship is a part of it, but disciple-making is all we do, not just one thing we do. It's all we do. And in fact, if you go back and look at Jesus, Jesus didn't see discipleship as one part of a program. Discipleship was a part of a process called disciple-making. He was taking them from really being untrained seekers to become fully trained disciples. He was reaching people from the culture and he was sending them out. And so that, that was not in any way a program. That was, that was all a, a process that took three years to, to get them to the point that he could turn them loose and they would continue the mission and look where we are 2000 years later. I mean, here you and I are talking about it thousands of miles from where he started it and thousands of years from when it began. And that's, it's hard to argue with those results, man. Well, God, as you said, he works in process and process takes time is what you're saying. And that, um, mm-hmm. you know, the programmatic fix is often like, we'll hand us the program, we'll implement and 13 weeks from now, we'll have X, Y, and Z result, you know? So how, how do you come into a church and spend just this, whatever amount of time with them, but also help them get on a trajectory or a process that plays out over time without maybe that. It's not like you're coming back every week, you know? So how how do you get them on that path? Right. So again, we, we kind of begin with an assessment, you know, and say, where are you at and and how are you, uh, you know, what what are you doing? Well, what do you, what do you need to improve it? And, and then after we do an assessment, then we'll come in and we'll, um, really basically give them sort of a, uh, a a prescription, if you will, you know, sort of a, um, a, a ministry action plan of what do we need to do? How do we change this? Because it's if if you really want and and you know Matt will help people at whatever level they want, but for the church that you're talking about, somebody said, really help us become that disciple making church. It's not just adding curriculum, right? If they really want to change the the whole process, uh, then uh, they need some help to figure out also the evangelism piece. They need to understand, they really need to go back and understand what the target is that they're hitting, that they're aiming for anyway. Then they need to have a strategy. Then they need to understand uh, the right type of environments. And then they need to understand how to raise up leaders that are helping to drive that. And that's a big, that's a, that's a big overhaul. That's a big process right there. Some big things you got to work on. And so, um, so we come alongside and give people that, that, that uh, prescription, if you will, 
And then we try to help them with the implementation of that, right? So, uh, so once they figure out where they want to go, and then once they, you know, get some actual action steps to say, here's here's the things to work on. You know, what what do we do to reach the culture? Uh, what do we do to uh, to get people connected from the crowd into community? What do we do to get people into uh, this disciple making core? How do we do that? So we're going to give them very, very clear action steps to do that. And then we're going to help them figure out how do you implement that? In some churches, in some churches, it's just a matter of uh, depending on kind of the, the size of the church and where they are. Uh, every church is different. Some churches, it might just mean that the pastor starts a group and then that group multiplies groups and multiplies groups. And, and, that's, and that's, that's their implementation. Uh, for some churches, uh, they can find qualified leaders because it always comes back to qualified leaders. They can find qualified leaders, really, um, really sort of, sort of fast track them to becoming ready to lead. And then they can start multiple groups. Uh, and, and again, putting all the other pieces, it's, it's, it's not just starting groups. It's about really, shaping the overall process and um and then once you do that uh then then you then you come back and we do try to come back and um and and do follow up with the churches that we're trying to help so uh so really it's just three steps it's assessments kind of prescription and then it's uh, implementation and so uh once that happens uh uh you know and and we anytime we go in and help a church we're always going to be available and accessible to them uh, to come alongside them and uh, and and really trying to offer some coaching for yeah. for for you know at least six months something like that. Wow, that's awesome. So so you all have the time in person, I guess boots on the ground on site, and then you have your resources online. You have your podcast. You have some coaching. Is there any other like kind of like service that you offer for churches? Uh, well, we, we do have this uh, annual conference called the Disciple Making Summit, which is uh, uh, just another way to expose people to disciple making uh, principles and to a disciple making approach. So uh, we just had it. Uh, we do it every January at the end of the month. And so uh, we just had it. We'll do another one again next year. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much what we do. We 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 provide lots of lots of free resources online. People can just go and check it out. and. Uh, really, um, to be honest with you, everything we do, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's free. I mean, it, you know, we do have a suggested price for everything, uh, but really and truly, I mean, we're, we're trying to see the great commission fulfilled around the world. And so uh, we're not going to make it, uh, if, if somebody can't afford it, we're going to do it no matter what. So, uh, uh, Jesus has told us to do that. He'll take care of the rest. Right. That's so good. And y'all are living it out. This is the fruit and the outflow of, of real implementation over decades yeah. with that wealth of knowledge and, and that faithfulness yeah, is really a, a beautiful thing. Yeah. I tell people all the time, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I need to stay. God's called me to be a pastor of a local church and I need to stay there because I'm a, I'm a general practitioner. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I do. Here's the thing, Matt, is that when I get to speak to a group of pastors, uh, I can say with integrity, I do everything they do. 
Uh, I do weddings. I do funerals. I do meetings. I do, uh, I do, you know, I lead a staff. I mean, I, I do, I do all the above, right? I do a sermon every week. And so, uh, so I, I can say that I know what they face and I am in the same uh, battle that they're in. I'm not, uh, I'm not in a, in a position where I just go around and do this uh, as a consultant and that kind of thing. It, it would be fun to do that. I wish I had the time to do that, but, uh, but, uh, but no, I, I, I can, I can relate to where uh, a pastor is uh, because first and foremost, that's what I am and that's what I do. Mm, that's awesome. Well, thank you for blessing us here on this podcast yeah. and Thanks for having on me. The, the, the YouTube channel, uh, truly inspirational what God is doing through you. It's all his work. He gets all the glory for it. You know, yeah, you all yeah, just keep yeah. showing up and doing what he's showing you to do and passing that on to others. So it's, it's a yeah. wonderful thing. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, it's been good. Any last thoughts for us? Ah, oh, man. You know, uh, I, I love what uh, I just shared this this weekend. I love what I heard uh, Francis Chan say one time. You know, he said, when I tell my, tell my teenage daughter to go clean her room, uh, what do you think I mean? And he says, clean your room, right? And he doesn't mean you know, go write books about cleaning your room or do conferences about cleaning your room or, you know, go memorize, clean your room. I literally mean clean your room. And so I just challenge people when Jesus said, make disciples, just, just make a commitment to, uh, to hand to the plow, just keep making disciples, uh, you know, every year of your life, uh, pour into a group of people and, uh, it will be the best investment of your life. And, the the, you may not see it, you may not be able to count it, but the dividend and the return on your investment will be way beyond what you could ever think or imagine. So Amazing. that's what I would say. Yeah, thank you, Ken. You're a blessing. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, brother. Please check out Ken's podcast, The Disciple Making Church. And also, did you know that discipleship.org has an audiobook out? I've got links in the show notes for both the podcast and the audiobook, so make sure to check that out before you move on. Um, next, we've got Jim Putman talking about his well-known book written with our point leader, Bobby Harrington, called Discipleship. You're not going to want to miss out on that episode. If you haven't clicked the subscribe button, I highly encourage you to do that now so that you know when I release the next one. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for being listeners of the Disciple Makers podcast. I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you.